Well, greetings, friends, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to have you with us again by way of the Internet and particularly by the way of, um, hmm, what is it that we're on? <laughs> and you're watching us on YouTube, and we're happy to be there that we may by that medium, be with you. So may the Lord richly bless you, and it's just good to spend this time with you. Let me just mention something, because I was talking to a brother who called me yesterday, and uh, he was asking about our website. Uh, he was he thought maybe it was something wrong with his computer he'd been trying to get on our website, uh, and this was Brother Jim Whitkins, and uh, I told him no, that we were having, that I couldn't get on the website either uh, from here, and, uh, but I know that Raven has been working on that with, with our uh, carrier uh, for a long time. We were with uh, Lunar Pages, and I think that the one of the problems there is that they were bought by another uh, corporation and uh, we're just having problems there and uh, but everyone seems to be I know we're I know we're working on this end because Rabin stays with it continually uh, it's important that you're able to get on our website because that's where uh, uh, that, that's where everything that we've done for years is and is available to you, including uh, not only the videos, but including uh, all of the books that we have and, and uh, various announcements that we make. So it is important, and we are working toward restoring, of course, the, 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 uh, our website is intact. We haven't lost anything on it. It's just the problem of, uh, of, of getting on it and uh, uh, with the proper uh, 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 code. It's always been uh, cmintl.org, and that's what we'd like for it to continue to be, but uh, because that is our domain name, and we've had that for years. But there may have to be a change in that, and uh, if so, well, then we'll have to make, we'll have to, uh, uh, we'll have to get word back out to you uh, uh, what that is so that you will be able to get on that website. Uh, and of course, from that website, you can go directly to YouTube, but you're watching us now on YouTube, and you can do that without going to our website. But as I said, all of our archives, whether they're written or whether they're recorded, whether they're in video, all of those going back for years is available to you, available for you to download, use in any way you would like to use, uh, so we're anxious to get that restored, but uh, I thought I'd say today that that is a problem because, Evan, because there's a lot of folks trying to get on there and they can't and they think maybe that it is uh, the problem on their end or something wrong with their computer and that's not the problem at all. All right, let's continue. With our study together, we're talking about the reality of being in Christ. That's the broad term, and it is a very broad term, uh, because the reality of our being in Christ is concerning our union with Christ. And we talk about that, we've been talking a lot about that in John 14, uh, on in 15, 16, John 17, uh, where Jesus is 
talking to his disciples just shortly before going to the cross. And one of the statements that he makes there is in that day, which is the day that uh, actually fulfilled the day of Pentecost, uh, his coming to dwell in believers and his coming to dwell in his disciples. Now he has dwelt with them uh, for, well, for three and a half years he's been with them. But his whole purpose is to be in the believer, in his disciples, and in those that come to him. Uh, and, uh, and that's what he's talking about in John 14. And in verse 20, he says, in that day, and that day is shortly to be fulfilled while he actually is speaking to them and was fulfilled uh, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Uh, he himself, Christ, being the fullness of the coming of that day. And uh, you, you know the references there in the book of Acts. And that's the union that Paul is talking about when he uses the term in Christ. And that term is used over and over and over and over again. Sometimes it's in him. One time it's in the beloved. Other times it's in Christ. Most of the time it's referenced to in Christ. Uh, speaking of our union with Christ. So that's what we're talking about in a very broad term. And in doing that, in doing that, I've been talking about the, it, with regard to that, in all of these sessions, we've been looking at the allness, the allness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we know there are terms in the scriptures that say, for it pleased God that in him should all fullness dwell. And again, it pleased God that in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And again, for in him dwelleth all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, the allness of Christ. And there'll be, there's some things that we'll be talking about in some of these sessions that are yet to come. With regard to the allness of Christ, let me just say that Christ the Lord Jesus Christ is himself. He is fully and perfectly prophet, priest, and king. For that matter, he is also pastor, which is shepherd, and teacher. Concerning the prophet, we look at Moses and that there was a greater prophet to come. Very clear in the New Testament that that one is Christ himself, whose house we are. And We'll come back and look at all of this, but, but just looking at, at that, uh, King, we see, we see that come to its apex in type and shadow in, in Solomon, actually dealing with both David and Solomon. And we understand there, or we should, that both Moses and Solomon served as, as priest, though Moses anointed Aaron under the instructions of the Lord. But in the first place, we see uh, Moses and, uh, and then King Solomon, and then both Moses and Solomon served as, served as priest. We also then will look at Samuel because Samuel served as judge, prophet, 
and priest. And in fact, he it was who anointed David uh, as, as king. As pastor, the Lord Jesus is both the door and the good shepherd. As teacher, he is the eternal word of God. He is the truth. He is the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge of God. And it just continues to go on. And, and I was just reading a while ago uh, in the Psalms of David, but Psalm 24, 7 through 10, speaking of him as the king. And it says the king and, and the high priest that we will be talking about most just now in these lessons and particularly in this session today. Uh, but in Psalms 24, verse 7, Lift up your head, O you gates, and be lifted up your everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your head, O ye gates, lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And we'll be looking at that and at the high priest with regard to to our union with Christ. Who is it with whom we have such tremendous union? This one in whom we now dwell, the one who dwells in us. And we're looking at two things with regard to this dwelling. And one of them that we're currently talking about is the presence, dwelling in the presence. Now you'll remember in looking at these in, in, our, in these classes, you'll remember that we have dealing with the presence. We've talked about Genesis in Genesis 3:8. Uh, and this, of course, is after that Adam and Eve uh, had their great failure there in, in, in the garden uh, in, in, in with the serpent and with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, and having done that, Genesis 3 and 8, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and Eve, and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And I've read to you, and I have no intention of going back through that this morning, uh, but through several uh, Bible commentators, and uh, one here being Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary, concerning this Verse, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. And what, how, it, how that is translated uh, in the Hebrew and in the scriptures is that this voice of the Lord is the very being, B-E-I-N-G, the very being that was walking. The voice was not just a sound, the voice was not thunder or lightning. The voice was the person himself. And it was from the presence of the person that they hid themselves. So when we're talking about the presence, we're not talking about a feeling that comes or that goes. We're talking about the reality of the person himself. And that's important to you and I, Han. That's important to you and I because not only the foundation and the base and, 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 and the base of our salvation, but the fullness and completeness and allness of our salvation 
is not found in a feeling that comes and goes. It is found in the person who by his Holy Spirit now dwells in us. The presence is the person himself. If the person is not present, if he is not in us, then, then there simply is no presence of the Lord in us. The presence is the person. And I want you to show you something just one more time in Genesis 4. It's concerning Cain. After uh, Cain uh, did what he did concerning his brother Abel, in verse 13 of Genesis 4, And Cain said unto the Lord, because the Lord was putting him out of the garden. He was putting him away. But here's what that amounts to. Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Now look at what the punishment actually was in verse 16. And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. That was the punishment. Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. And then later on, in Exodus 33 with Moses, we find the heart of Moses being a heart that, that desired the presence of the Lord. And again, this is, not, this is not a feeling with Moses. It's not something, a feeling that comes or, 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 or goes. Uh, it was, there were some types and shadows to that presence. You know that. Upon Mount Sinai, there was type and shadow of that presence. And uh, with regard to the tabernacle, there was types and shadows of that presence, but that presence, and it, and it was the pillow of cloud by day, uh, that same cloud that hovered over the tabernacle, and it was in that cloud that they heard the glory of the Lord himself speak. So we find, and we're going to find, that the presence and the glory come together and, and, are, and, and are defined in the person himself. And that that person always in type and shadow has been set forth as none other than Christ, the eternal Son of God. But look what Moses says here uh, in Exodus 33 and verse 13, Now therefore I pray thee, if I found grace in thy sight, and he's talking about himself and all the people of Israel because this is when they had the problem with him being on top of the mountain of Mount Sinai and, and they being somewhere else and persuaded Aaron to make a gold calf. And this is in that same turmoil that Moses prays to the Lord uh, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, God said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And Moses said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, then carry us not up hence. Don't take us another step. We... I don't want us to go anywhere except it is in your presence. At this time, they were still in the wilderness. At this time, the tabernacle had not yet been uh, erected, had not yet been, had not yet been made. But shortly after this, uh, the tabernacle was uh, both constructed and 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 was and was made, and. But this was the Moses, this was the heart of Moses concerning, concerning the presence of the Lord. 
And he says in verse 16, he actually says this is the only way that we can be different from all the other people on the face of the earth, and that is that thou art with us, that thy present, you are present. And uh, for wherein shall it be known here that I and my people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not? Is it not that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And Moses then, talking to the Lord at that same time, said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And, and the Lord said uh, in verse 19, I'll make my goodness pass before thee. Uh, I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And God continued and said, and he said, Thou canst not see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And in verse 30, in chapter 33, verse 21 through 23, he says this unto Moses, which, which is a tremendous, a tremendous prophecy, actually, a, a tremendous promise concerning, concerning the one that was yet to come and the one who would come, the Lord Jesus Christ, and would secure in himself, would secure in himself both the presence and the glory of God. And hon, this is the one in whom we dwell. And that's why I'm reading this. This one that was to come is now come. And the reference to him now is uh, here is, is, is very clear about that. Um, let's read verse 21 of Exodus 33. The Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. You remember what Jesus said in John 14. And not only there, but we're, we've been in John 14 with you concerning uh, both the presence and the glory and our union with Christ. Remember what he said? He was talking about the Father's house, and remember what he said, I will prepare a place for you. And having prepared that place for you, I will come anew and receive you unto myself. See, he is the place that he prepared. And he's talking about there going to the cross. That's where he was going. I will go and prepare that place. It is there, uh, the cross that is summed up in his, in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection. What is he doing? Preparing that place. But I want you to see that place goes all the way back in its promise to the book of Genesis, all the way back to Genesis. And then time and time again through Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy and then over in Canaan also, over in Canaan, you will see once again the, the type and the shadow of that very place. In Exodus uh, 15, verse 17, you see the promise of that place. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, O Lord, in the place that thou hast prepared for thyself to dwell in. And now Jesus in John speaks of that fulfillment I will come anew and receive you unto myself. 
And that's the whole reality of being in Christ. I will receive you unto myself that where I am, ye may be also. And then in verse 20 of John 14, in that day you will know, you will know, not, this is not another promise coming that will just continue to be a promise for the next 2,000 years or the next 4,000 or the next however long. No, that promise was going to be fulfilled in the matter of days. Just a matter of days. What he is saying here was going to take place. And being established by Christ at that time of his coming anew in Pentecost, being established in him at that time is still established in him for everyone who is born from above. Everyone who by the very Spirit of God is baptized into Christ. And that's why you read throughout the whole New Testament about our being in Him. Paul's epistles are full of it. Full of it. And we've read verse after verse after verse. So back to where we are here. And the Lord said, There's a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And we know that this rock is fulfilled in Christ. And, and, and we don't need to go through, you, you, we know that. And it shall come to pass that while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cleft of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. But hun, now in Christ, Paul speaks in, in one place. The God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined. And that's in, uh, that's in 2 Corinthians 4 hath shined in our heart, in our very soul, hath shined to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God where? Right where Moses couldn't look at that time. In the face of Jesus Christ. Now, we've read enough on that. Uh, to, uh, to enable us to go on with what we're talking about that now. And that place is, that place is the presence of the Lord. And it's so important that we know that the presence of the Lord is found in the Lord Himself. He hasn't prepared a feeling for us, but a, a person, a place wherein thou dwellest thyself, O Lord. And so in verse 20, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, verse 20 of John 14, and I in you. Now, hun, that's the presence that all of the scripture is talking about. That's the presence that Moses, see, that's what he was after. He knew that they were going in, into Canaan. That, that had been promised, that land. Of course, that land, that whole thing was set forth as a testimony as well. But he knew all of that, and yet what his heart was after and said, I don't want to go anywhere. Just don't take us any further than we've already gone on this journey if thy presence is not with us. 
His heart was for that presence. And, and, his, and, his, and his prayer was for that glory. To see the glory of the Lord. We have come to that reality, the reality of being in Christ. We have come to that reality now in Christ Jesus. That's where we have come. And let me just show you another, another verse. Let me see. Because we'll be talking a lot about this verse. Hebrews 9.24 For Christ is not entered into holy places made with hands. Now, they went on to the, and built the tabernacle, right? Moses did. They went on and they built the tabernacle. And the tabernacle had the court and then the inner court, which was called the holy place, and then the holiest of holies, where the high priest entered one time a year on the Day of Atonement. And then coming out from there, all of this only one time a year, coming out from there, went out and appeared to all of Israel who were standing outside the tabernacle, he appeared to all of Israel. And he did it. Now, Israel saw the high priest, you know, well on, and that's, that's another point. But at this particular day, he appeared to them in a most particular way, having gone into a place that no man could enter. None. A veil was there. called the second veil. And that, that compartment was, was called like the, the second with, re, with reference to a sanctuary, the second which was, which was yet to come and be fulfilled in Christ. Because in Hebrews 10, I'm going to read in 9 in a moment, but in Hebrews 10, we have Christ coming and saying not to offer sacrifices. All of those was outside in, in the courtyard. No burnt offerings, no acceptance offerings, no, none of these ever have fulfilled your pleasure, and I have not come to do that. Oh God, I come to do thy will. He taketh away the first. That is the outer, the inner, and even even what was the holy place in the first tabernacle, he didn't come to just salvage one a part of the old tabernacle. He came to do away with the old tabernacle, the old temple, to do away with it and bring in himself as the second that had been veiled but there is no veil now in Christ. Paul talks about that in the fourth chapter or the third chapter of 2 Corinthians. Showing himself in John 14 and in other, to be, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh, no man cometh. Think about that. That goes all the way back no man could go into the type and shadow of what Jesus came fulfilling. No man could go into that holy of holies in, in the Old Testament tabernacle or temple under Solomon. No man. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father. See, that's what that was all about. That's what the Holy of Holies was all about. That's where the glory of God filled that room, filled that place between the cherubim that was on the Ark of the Covenant. All of those holy things were there 
pointing to this Holy One of God in whom God is well pleased, is glorified, and has His fullness. That's Christ. That's Christ. No wonder He says, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Back in Hebrews 10 now where we're talking, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first. He doesn't try to make it better. He doesn't try to improve it to where now we can enter into it. He, do, he doesn't do any of that. He not only replaces the priesthood of it and the high priesthood of it, he replaces it with himself. And he replaces the whole tabernacle with himself. He taketh away the first that he might establish the second. And the second is him. Christ himself. Now, before Hebrews gets to that, look at chapter 9, and you'll understand what is said there in chapter 9, verse 24. And then he goes on and explains how all of this happened in chapter 10 and continues because that also brings us in Hebrews to the everlasting kingdom which we have, a kingdom that cannot be removed. And that brings us to look at this one who is the king of Glory, And we'll leave that for right now. But I read about it a while ago. That we're looking at this high priest. For Christ is not entered into the holy places. And that means, that means anything. In, 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 into the inner, in, in, into the middle, the, the holy place. Where was the table of showbread, the candelabra, the golden off, off altar of incense, all of that, or the Ark of the Covenant. But look, these were all made with hands. These are all figures of the true. Are you reading this? But into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. And this does not mean that we're, that He's one place and we're another. In fact, the word for here properly translated is, is that He appears for those that are in Him. And we'll, we're, we're going to look at that just a little bit here, uh, and we may as well start doing it now because if we don't, I'll run out of time and won't get to do it. We are, hon, we are where we are because we're in Him and because He is in us. He has brought us in to the presence the presence. You shall understand this by the Spirit. He says, this is the comfort that the Spirit will bring to you. In that day you will know. Not, he, he doesn't say not in that day. Not someday you will be. Someday you will know. That isn't what he says. In that day the day of the Spirit of truth, the day of His coming, the coming of truth, you will know that I am in my Father. And that is not a location, a geographical location of some kind. It isn't. It's not a geographical location of something on the earth or of something in the sky somewhere. It is not a geographical location that is being talked about here, but rather a relationship of union. 
a relationship of union. I in my Father, you in me. When? Now. Now. If you've come to Him, if you are born from above. Now. And I am in you. He's the foundation, the substance, and the fullness of this whole union into which He has brought us into the presence. Into the presence. Now look in Ephesians 1, uh, verse 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul speaking here. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in the King James properly translated it is the same term that is used and actually used in the King James Version, but it's, it's the same Greek word. It's the same place being talked about at, uh, that, that, we, that, we just, that we just read about uh, in Hebrews uh, 24. In Hebrews verse 24 there, we just read, Heaven itself, it's the same word. It's the same word as in Ephesians that I just read that is translated in heavenly places. But look where that is. There's no doubt about this. Heavenly places in Christ. You see, hon, it's Christ is the whole issue of our salvation. He is not simply a guarantee of it. I mean, He, not a promise of it. He's the person of it. He's the substance of it. He is the reality of it now. Right now. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as He hath chosen us or has determined concerning us. Chosen us. Determined. Even as according as He hath chosen us in Him. That means in Christ. And that before the foundation of the world. So that, yes, being found in Christ, we should be holy without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. Now here's where I'm going to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted, accepted in the Beloved. In Christ. In Christ. Now darling, this is exactly what we read a while ago. It's, it's exactly... It's, it's just exactly what we, what we read a while ago. Let me read it again. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself. What I've just read, what I'm reading in Ephesians is the same thing. Written by the same person, taught by the same person, declared by the same, by Paul. Heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our, on our behalf. He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. 
in Christ. Accepted where? Into the presence. How? In Christ. Both the presence and the glory of God. Into himself. Accepted in the beloved. In whom, this same Christ, we have redemption. You see, hon, our whole salvation and everything we've been reading here is a position, a reality of redemption. We have been redeemed from death into the presence. And we need to get a hold of this. We haven't just been redeemed from death and then turned loose to do whatever, whenever, you know, go live our life. That's not what it's all about. We haven't just been raised up from among the dead and put somewhere or come to some place. We're redeemed from death unto the presence of the ever-living God in the person of our redemption. In the very person of our redemption, we have access. We have acceptability. We have right standing in the present. Why? Well, because it is not I, but Christ who liveth in me. Why? Because we come into him by way of the door. Israel did this in type and shadow and testimony. We have come there by the cross. By the cross. Through his death, his burial, his resurrection, his coming to dwell in those who are his and who have believed upon his name, the dead who hear his voice and receive him. Hallelujah. This is what I'm talking about. Hon, I didn't return. We talked about Moses put, or Adam put out of the presence. I didn't return as the old man made better or as the old man forgiven or as the old man reconciled and received. You know what reconciliation actually is? It's his death. We are reconciled by the death of Christ that we may be accepted in his life. Not I, but Christ who liveth in me. That's what reconciliation is. That's why Christ went to the cross and took us there with him. So that those that receive him in that way have life. But Paul puts all that together in Galatians 2.20. He does. He doesn't just say, Nevertheless I live, yet not I. Christ liveth in me. He starts out saying, I'm crucified. He takes it all to the cross, son. Christ took it all to the cross. He went to the cross. And he did that perfectly. And he came forth out from among the dead. In the resurrection. Which resurrection he is. And he came forth that the dead who hear his voice and 
come to that voice, obey that voice, shall live. But it's not an old man living again. It is Christ, the new man, whose body we are, because he lives in us. And because he lives in us, he has gathered us into himself. That he may live in us, that we may live in him. So that's why I started out by saying, we are where we are because we are there in him. There is no way back, hon. I'm not an Adam gone out and now an Adam finding his way back. That's not it at all. There is no way back for first order man. And someone, I, someone told me one and said, well, I, we know, brother, there's only, the only way back for man is, is, is by way of the cross. And I said, well, <laughs> no, there is no way back for first order man. He is destroyed at the cross. He is dead at the cross. And the second order man, if you want to put a second in there to it, is the Lord from heaven himself. It is not me living again in him. It is Christ living in me. I am crucified with Christ, Paul said. Nevertheless, I live because he's talking about a mystery there. And he brings that mystery right on into both Jew and Gentile. But they were reconciled, both reconciled unto God by death, by one body at the cross, the body that was prepared for Christ for his death. And only one comes out from among the dead. Paul talks about this, as you should know, in Romans 6 concerning our baptism into him, his death, his burial. Why? So that like as Christ, like as Christ, we should live in newness of life. But wait a minute. Like as Christ was raised up out from among the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should live in newness of life. The newness of life, honey, is Christ himself. It's altogether new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, old things, done away, passed away. Behold, the new is come. The Lord Jesus saying later on in another place, I make all things new. I am the newness. Lord, help us to see. The son who came out from the presence in obedience, out from the presence in obedience to his anointing, in obedience to the covenant with the Father, in obedience to death, even the death of the cross, this one who came out from the presence in obedience with the purpose of bringing into the presence, bringing into the presence, bringing back with him into the presence, the many who are one body in him. And if there was one believer anywhere on earth today who come by new birth, they immediately are in the presence because the presence dwells 
in them. And it is a mystery. The mystery of God, which is Christ. The mystery of God, Paul says, which is Christ. And what a glorious mystery that is, and yet it hath been hidden from ages, and hidden from generations, and in the Old Testament is hidden in all of the types, all of the shadows, it's hidden in all of the promises and all of the prophecies. But it is revealed by the Spirit of God to those who will come to Him. Hallelujah. The natural man, natural mind, can never figure it out, can never know it. But we have that Spirit who reveals all things, yea, even the deep things of God, which things are all in Christ. And He shows us that mystery of I live, yet not I. Christ liveth in me. Well, it's time to stop at this point in time. Uh, we'll continue here looking at the reality of our being in Christ with reference to this term, the presence. Because that is one of the realities of our being in Christ. We are dwelling in the present. Not the present, in the presence of the Most High. All right. We've come to an end of our time, and I'm going to stop right here, and this is exactly where I'll pick up in our next session. No flesh shall glory in His presence. Can you see why not? Can you see why not? <laughs> because we come by way of the cross. No man cometh but by me. He came by way of the cross in that He is the way <laughs> and the truth and the life. And only by Him do we come to the Father. Accepted in the Beloved. And the greater our understanding of Him, the greater our comprehension of our salvation. And honestly, you're not going to have a greater comprehension of your salvation except through the comprehending of the one who is the all things concerning your salvation. The Lord bless. Thank you for being with us today. Our joy and our privilege to be with you during these times that we are able to activate through the internet and on YouTube. So let us hear from you. And uh, if there's any way we can be of help to you, if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. And let me just say to those who stand with us in support of this outreach, in support of this outreach, in support of what you're seeing right now in this, in this outreach. 
We desire that it go throughout the body of Jesus Christ and around the world. And through this medium, it certainly can and does. So we thank you for your help. We thank you for your giving. And may the Lord just richly bless you for it. Amen. That's it.